On today's show, it's all about that tall baller from the G, the one-legged fade operator himself. Dirk Nowitzki's jersey gets retired. We'll tell you everything you need to know about the game and the ceremony tonight. 41 in the rafters. One of the best nights in franchise history coming up tonight. Shut it down! Let's go home! I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Guess what day it is? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the the subscriptions you don't want, need, and they can even help you negotiate the ones that you don't want. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. Remember to subscribe to Lockdown Mavs. It's free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Can't say that word subscribe today. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer and contributor at Mavs.com, the sub-sultan, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Dirk has you. He has you shook. It's just such a... Here's the thing, man. We're just we, rolling with that take. We're, we're, we're taking that one. Don't edit it out. No, we're not. Dirk is so special, man. Like, obviously, this pod's going to be, you know, these next you know two days here are going to be about Dirk as, you know, the most important person in uh, Dallas Mavericks franchise history. And I just, I watched the presser today. We're going to talk about the presser on this pod. But I think just more than anything, I'm like, Dang, I miss this guy's presence. <laughs> I just miss it. You know, it's, it's nothing against Luca or these guys or even Kid and coaches staff, but I just miss this guy. He, you know, we got the chance to be there for his last handful of years, and you will always think Mavericks basketball is Dirk Davitsky. and I just I miss him, and I can't wait to uh, see what happens tonight. Listening to him talk, there's something about a guy that he's just all about the game and he just always wanted to get better. He always was pushing and we'll talk about we'll talk about the presser, but one thing that just stuck stuck out to me was his motivation and just the the thing that drove him. And we saw just the progression of his entire career. A lot of us like I mean, we were a lot of us Mavs fans were alive when he started his career and like we're conscious of the start of his career and then saw the end of it like saw the the whole end of it right and now we're like like in our in our 30s and like late 20s and 40s even some of you guys and like you you saw the entirety of it and you saw the whole progression and just having that presence in your life for 21 years right that's such a long time in somebody's life and it's almost like a a, a friend that you miss right and he was there he was always there it was always a a known quantity in your life and you knew he was going to be Dirk. And the reason why he has like 31,000 points in the NBA is because he was so dang consistent. And every single night, he didn't have like 50 point nights or 60 point nights, you know, or anything like that. He didn't really have a lot of super high scoring single individual games, but what he had was the consistency, right? And he just did it for such a long time. And so you forget, like, man, that was such a constant presence in your life as a Mavs fan. And for him to come back and even just talk at a presser just reminded you of that feeling. It was almost just the you know, bringing him back into you. He's like, oh man, you know how uh, 
people say that smells are one of the best like memory triggers that you can have. Yeah. If you smell something, you remember something. It's almost like hearing his voice it was a different sensory, but it was like a, a different thing. But hearing his voice just reminded you of that presence and the feeling that that calming of like, oh yeah, we got Dirk, right? Like Dirk, the best Maverick ever. Like always have that title, always have Dirk and what he accomplished for the Mavs. That's what it reminded me of. When crap is hitting the fan, you know, Dirk's always there. <laughs> and oh. it, it, it did like, too. It did a couple times. <laughs> but it, you know, it's just, you know, you you look back at those years and I feel like I, I wrote this at some point. Uh, I think it was his last game or maybe 30K. I wrote this somewhere. And it was just like he was the consistent. You know, he was like yeah. you said, it's like no matter what, so many people here in Dallas or you know, Mavericks fans, wherever you're at, no matter what you went through in real life, whether it's a job or family stuff or whatever, no matter what value you're in, you knew you could turn on the TV that night or go to the AAC and you get to watch freaking Dirk suit up every single night for 21 years. And that's what makes this thing so dang special because, you know, Adam Silver's going to be here tonight and Adam Silver's going to be at a Jersey retirement. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't know Silver's schedule um, on my phone, but I don't think he goes to every single Jersey retirement across the league. Was he at Harps? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he was. We were both there. I don't think he was there. <laughs> I don't think so. But Shout just a harp. I think, you know, from from our angle, you know, I've spent a lot of today or a lot of tonight looking back at my pictures and videos since just I started covering the Mavs. And I go back to the my very first practice was in the AAC it was Quincy AC and some of those guys. And I was just like <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. I was in a media scrum with Rick Carlisle and he walks in in this, all of a sudden I feel this like tug on my backpack and I'm like, well, I don't know anybody here. I don't even know any re reporters. And I like turn around and Dirk is like walking up the stairs and he like points at me and he starts laughing and he's like chuckling. And it was like this memory that was like forever etched wow. in my, my brain of like, he had no clue who this kid was and he's just having fun. You know, that's just who he is. But just seeing all the memories on my phone of the retirement, you know, like center that I remember going with the Mavs to and seeing them, you know, talk with people in the rooms and stuff. The, I, I watched a video today of him playing ping pong with this kid at this Christmas event uh, in downtown Dallas. Like everybody has their stories. That's covered the Mavs longer than we have. Yeah. There's a guy at the presser today is like, man, I, I've been at, you know, WFA or who, you know, whatever it was channel somewhere else for 20, you know, for how many ever years he's like, I've yeah, seen right. you since you came on. And he's like, thank you. Dwayne Price asked the question and Dwayne Price is like, remember that first game, blah, blah, blah. We were playing against, I think it was a supersonics. And, and Dirk looks at him and goes, you were there. And he's like, yeah, you, you were like Dwayne seeing the entirety of his career covering it professionally. Yeah. And I just don't, you know, in just our time covering the Mavs, like, it's so weird. I was talking to my wife. We were, you know, watching the presser again tonight uh, together. And just so many times my wife's just like, oh, oh my gosh, I just love him. Like he's so <laughs> cute. He's just, I love what and he'll say something. But it's just, I don't think I've had a connection with an athlete. And obviously this helps because we go to practice and in the locker rooms and all yeah. this stuff to an athlete that that I had with Dirk. Like Vince Carter's my favorite athlete of all time. I love Michael Jordan. Um, you know, these other athletes I really like, but I, you know, he's, I have a, uh, my, my, one of my favorite possessions of in his, um, in his last season, he signed this Jersey for me. And so I have it framed in my, my church office. And it's like every day I walk in, I see this Dirk, you know, framed Jersey there next to my desk. And I'm like, 
All right. And I, I don't know what it, it, it just lightens up a room, you know, like you just like, you can't look at a 41 Mavs Jersey and be in a bad mood. You can't see Dirk or hear Dirk's voice and be in a bad mood. And that's just, that's what he, I mean, he talked about his presser about how much he just want to have fun and treat everybody with respect and everything. And it just, it brightens up the room. Anytime you see a 41 or you see Dirk. It completely does. And so he had a presser today. The Mavericks are retiring Dirk Nowitzki's number 41 jersey. Finally, it took him a while. But, hey, it's going to be action-packed. There's going to be so much stuff. So here's the stuff that you need to know. This is the stuff that if you're in Dallas, if you're able to go to the game, or if you're not, this is the, the things that you need to know. So it's an early tip-off. at 6.30 Central Time in Dallas. Uh, the doors are going to open at 5 p.m. There's going to be new Dirk stuff, Mitchell and Ness Dirk stuff, a Forever 41 collection. Um, Take think, my money. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say, like, here's my wallet. I will throw it at you. Take all the stuff. Uh, but that opens up at 4:30. You do not need a ticket to the game in order to go to that. It's gonna be outside the arena at Victory Plaza. If you know where that hangar is at the out front, you don't even need to enter the building. Uh, there's gonna be all kinds of giveaways and stuff. One of the cool things, if you're gonna be able to go, is a 41 Forever Dirk Museum on the concourse. So there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff, memorabilia. Dirk mentioned in his press conference that he brought a lot of stuff out of storage and was trying to find things and got a lot of stuff from his career. So it's just gonna be a huge Dirk Museum. We're gonna be able to go through it, um, and so that's gonna be pretty awesome. The post game ceremony, the jersey retirement, will happen after the game, and so that is gonna be aired live on Bally's and the Bally Sports app. So if you do not have that, find a way. I'm sure there will be links and stuff all over the place. Go look at uh, Reddit Mavs or whoever else is sharing links that day. I'm sure we will uh, be doing that on Twitter. So if you need to find that, uh, we'll hopefully be able to help you out. But that's what's going on. There's going to be a lot of stuff there to be able to look at and see through. I'm sure there's just going to be stuff happening all throughout the game. And we're really excited to be able to, to be there and to see it happen. Uh, coming up, let's get into the press conference. What were the questions that he asked? What are the things that we learned about, about Dirk? Or what are the things that brought back memories? We'll talk about that. And then later in the show, we're bringing back, we're bringing back one of my favorite interviews with Scott Tomlin, the Mavericks VP of basketball communications. He talks about in 2011, Dirk, jumps over the scores table after the Mavericks win the title. He jumps over the scores table, runs into the locker room, and he he just breaks down. And there was only a handful, maybe two or three people that were able to witness that and to see what happened from the time that Dirk won the title, the Mavs won the title, and when Dirk was awarded the MVP. And Scott Tomlin was one of those few people. And so he, t- he shares his story. We're going to run that back and share it for you at the end of this show. So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Truebill, Isaac. It helps you save money because Isaac and I are going to spend some cash. We are going to spend some cash on some Dirk stuff. And so we need to save money in other places. We do that with Truebill. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in a one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. That's truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year. And you could use those thousands to buy 41 Forever collection stuff to buy Dirk jerseys, to buy Dirk bobbleheads, to buy everything Dirk. Like you could have all the Dirk stuff that you want. And I'm sure this shelf will be so full of Dirk stuff by the time we, we finish the game. But truebuilt.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Isaac Harris, the Dirk presser. So Dirk has a presser about 
Jersey retirement. And I always find these a little odd. What else is he going to tell us, right? Like what is, <laughs> what's new? What has changed in Dirk that we haven't asked him, especially since you and I were there in person for a lot of the last couple of years of Dirk's career, right? The last like three or four years. Yeah. And so we saw all that stuff and we asked him questions and we're like, okay, what other questions can we possibly ask him? Uh, what stood out to you from the press conference and what's maybe something that you learned from this? Oh man. Well, first off, I thought there were, I thought the, there were a lot of amazing questions. So I want to shout out to the, to the media. Uh, I didn't have a chance to go today, so I didn't get a chance to ask any questions at this. And I thought a lot of the questions were, were really good questions of, um, just like the next, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could go all day on random questions, but I, one of the, I made different notes throughout it. One of the things was the part he misses the most and about playing, about being a player. And, you know, we've heard him talk about the camaraderie, you know, being on a team and traveling, you know, just the fun and stuff, you know, as far as being around the guys, but he didn't go with that answer this time. And he went with the, the, the feeling after a big shot and, mm-hmm. And he even joked, he's like, you know, being in a away crowd and telling them to sit down and, you know, <laughs> or hearing the roar in the AAC. And, you know, he even mentioned, he's like, you know, I see a guy, uh, you know, I see a guy hit a big shot now. He said, and there, there is a part, he's, I'm excited, but there is a part of me knowing I'll never experience that again in my life. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. Because for uh, him, he even, he was asked by, who asked him this question, if he's able to go to, uh, lifetime and go. It was, uh, it was, oh, our, it, yeah. was, it, was it was Jonah, um, uh, from WFAA, our, our friend Jonah. He, uh, yeah. he asked him, Are you able to go to Lifetime and just, you know, eat him up or, you know, take him down or dominate or whatever? And Dirk just, he, you kind of felt the sadness in his voice of just his health and the, the way that he ended his career. He put it all out there and he just, he can't really get up and down the court anymore at all. And so he's not Talked able to about even his go, ankle a lot. Yeah. Right. He, and the, the bone spurs and all that kind of stuff. He's not even able to go play pickup. So like that feeling of hitting a, a tough shot or anything like that is just kind of gone for him, which is a little tragic. If you think about, you know, how athletes end their career, they do this thing for so long. They're revered for it. They get statues for it. Streets are named after them, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's just gone, right? Like it's just, it's the thing that consumes your life for so long. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's out. Like it's either take whatever you want, however you want to view it, it's either taken away from you or just fades into the background of your life. And then all of a sudden you're left with, Okay, well, what is my life? Well, I think Isaac can help you if you want to. If you have any questions about what your life is and purpose, and we and we we can talk about those tough questions. Yeah, he's got questions about purpose <laughs> and life and all that. But uh, one that really stuck out to me, I I was starting to talk about this quote earlier, and then I got sidetracked. But his quote about motivation, about what motivates you, what got you, like Dirk was always known for being the hardest worker. Like Kobe respected him for how hard he worked, right? And so. He said, what made you keep going, especially later in your career? And what, you know, at a certain point, you, you, you could have stopped. You could have just been satisfied with where you were. And he said, you know, what really got me going was when it was a, a tough workout over the offseason or I had to get back into shape or something like that. Kobe's not sleeping now. Tim Duncan's not sleeping now. And just that idea of the competition between him and another player. And I think that that's, that's so interesting, the rivalry between star players. And I, I understand the people that, are like, well, these guys in the NBA, they're all friends and, you know, oh, there's no competition anymore. And I'm curious if that still happens, if that is still prominent in somebody's mind, like, like Luca or Porzingis, if they're like, you know, I could stop working right now, but who's not, you know, 
still working is LeBron James, you know, who's still working is Kawhi, you know, somebody like that or Giannis. Giannis is still out there working. Jokic is still out there working. So I got to go work. Right. I'm curious yeah. if that mentality stays around or if that's just unique to Dirk. Yeah. Well, don't ask Kirk Herbstreet, uh, but I do think, <laughs> I do think that that mentality is still around. I, I think, I think there's a difference of, you know, play. I think the biggest difference in that is I think there's still competitive competitiveness For sure. between players, but there's you know more friendships and stuff now. I don't. I think there's less hate that there was you know in the 80s, 90s, even before that. Of well, I'm just gonna hate this guy because he's on the opposing team. Um, but no, I like that. I like even in that same vein, he talked about the motivation. Uh, I think it was a same. It was a similar question of like being with your you know the same team for <clears throat> 21 years and all of that. And he's talked about this before, but he got emotional multiple times and. Man, there was one answer when he's talking about the fans that <clears throat> it it got me. He he stopped he stopped the whole thing. He got a drink. He pulled yeah. up his walk ball. was like cheers. Made a joke, but like I felt I felt a little bit uh, watching that. But. That question he was asked about what are the what what about the lives that you've touched and what does that mean to you? The you know and all of a sudden you could just see like you could see on his face everything just start flooding back. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen that, that meme or gif about like what, you know, nom, you know, or like, you're like all of a sudden have just this like PTSD of like all these things just flood, like all these memories just flooding back. And that meme is meant in a negative scenario, but this one was a complete positive scenario where it's, Hey, remember all those people's lives that you touched and just you playing basketball and that, the way you carried yourself and how you were impacted so many lives and that's what got him to that point and i found that that's so interesting it goes back to our conversation about what's your purpose in life and what you know what what do you have to show for after you're done with everything and that's that's fascinating yeah um, yeah go ahead no well yeah another one i was going to say um was if somebody asked about his next chapter mm-hmm. and it's like hey you know we don't really know what the special advice role is he joked and was like i don't either i don't know what that job is uh, that he's in but basically, it was just like, hey, what's that next chapter look like? And it was the most like blunt, honest thing. My, my wife was like, well, at least he's honest yeah. when he's like, coaching is not for me. And he like <laughs> even made the joke. Like he kept on and was like, I don't have the patience for it. He's like, yeah. I barely have enough patience for my kids. He's like, but some of these players out there, you know, like motivating some of these players, like when they don't even like want to, or he's like, or, you know, half the time these players have their phones out and, you know, on their phone. I'm like, he sounded so old that moment. But I was laughing. I'm like, this is so honest, you know, truth right now from Dirk. He's like, I just don't have the time for that crap. Yeah, that's not in my plans <laughs> at all, is what he said. Um, yeah, and just talking about not having patience to go. It was so definitive. It made me think of just how many times do we hear in somebody's life, oh, I said that that was the last thing I was going to do and I ended up doing it. It just really was like brought me back to that. But I don't think I don't think it'll end up for it'll happen for Dirk. But yeah, coaching yeah. is not something he's going to do, which I completely understand the coach coaching in the NBA is tough. You do not get like they're not lifetime coaches anymore besides Greg Popovich, right? Like maybe Steve Kerr. And the, de- and the demands for a coach is way yeah. more than what people realize, especially on your family. And Rick Carlisle helps the Mavericks win a title and you can still get villainized at the end of your time with a team, right? Like, now, if you think about legacy and if you think about your interaction with a you know fan base and a team, like we wouldn't want that for Dirk, right? <laughs> to yeah. end that way. So he did mention he t- he would want to do development stuff, one on one stuff, and maybe he even dropped this to to be like Holger was, right, and to to teach guys one on one. And yeah, oh, would we love 
KP to just work with Dirk. Like, just just do the thing. Like, wasn't there a story every year about like Andrew Bynum worked out with Hakeem Olajuwon, and you know who yeah. like who else is working with Kareem? You know, it's just guys like that. It seems every year. I would love for Dirk to be that next guy. Um, but yeah, that stuck out to me. Speaking of his one-legged fade, a question from uh, Landon Thomas was about his one-legged fade, about how it's it's you know carried on. Guys like you know Durant use it all the time. LeBron uses it every once in a while. Luca uses it all the time. And Dirk was like, you know, I've talked about this this shot a lot, but it's not that hard of a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like talks about it, and as long it made as you me have th- balance. Or- yeah, right. He said it's not that hard of a shot if you have good balance and good touch. You can get a good shot up late in the shot clock with just a few bumps. And it made me think of Kareem. Like Kareem probably thought the sky hook was not that hard, but you you have to have a certain work ethic and mentality to master a shot like that and to get it to a point and have the you know, certain like physical traits to be able to get a shot off like that and to be able to make it the way that those guys made those shots, uh, one trick pony or not, he was able to get that, uh, that shot off the way that no one else could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, later we could go all day on it. You can watch the whole thing. Uh, you know, the maps post on their YouTube channel. You can watch it on their Twitch. Uh, also he talks about Luca. He talks about this current maps team. Yeah. Um, he talked about, you know, I, I, he had a really curious, uh, really interesting comment about how social media has made the world smaller. And I was yeah. like, oh man, this could, this would preach right here. Well, they, they asked him, what did you know about Dallas you know, before you came in or what did you expect? Did you think Dallas was going to be your home for, for, you know, forever basically. And he said, all I knew about Dallas was that his parents watched the show Dallas. I was like, yeah. The only thing about it's like, <laughs> think about how, what the world was like back in. Yeah, and, and he was, you know, in that quote, he was talking about international players, how it's different now, you know, them coming to the league compared to when he, you know, he was. The last thing I'll say on this, because we could do quotes for days. Chris Arnold asking him about if he thought about retirement in 2003. And, and he, he asked the question, laughing. when did you first start thinking about retirement, right? Like, what, yeah. what was the, the point in your in your career where you first started thinking about it. And then he kind of answered the question like, ah, you know, and I couldn't play anymore. And then Chris Arnold without a mic just shouted out. What about like in 2003? Did you ever even consider it at that point? Uh, I, I, maybe I misheard it. Maybe he said 2013 because, you know, he hadn't been in the league too long in 2003. Right. Either way, Dirk made the joke of 2003 or 2013. He's like, I was still, I was still kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> and I just, I freaking love Dirk Nowitzki for that. <laughs> He's the best. Uh, all right, coming up, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about Dirk and talk a little bit more about uh, this current Mavs team. And then we'll throw it to Scott Tomlin. You're not going to want to miss this story if you haven't heard it before. Incredible story about the 2011 finals. So we'll throw it to that. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. I had one today. They have uh, the best flavor, coconut brownie chunk. If you have not tried this bar, like honestly, Isaac, would you rather have a payday candy bar or a built bar coconut brownie chunk? Oh, built bar for sure. Like how many, like I started thinking about today randomly, how many candy bars would I rather have than a coconut brownie chunk built bar? There's not many, like there's not a, there's not a ton. There is a a good number of candy bars. I would not, I would not take like a, whatchamacallit. No, I'm taking, I'm taking the built bar as a candy bar, like as a treat. So that's how good these are, and they're pretty good for you. 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. I know a lot of you guys, like me, are counting your macros and all that kind of stuff. So check it out, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your entire order. They always have new flavors coming out, but that coconut brownie chunk bar is the best one. And uh, check it out, Built.com. Built is uh, promo code LOCKED15. Also, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. 
Oh, man. My parents and I, over the break, we watched an insane number of football games. It's the most football I watch in an entire period throughout the year. I think we watched like 12 football football games like front to like like beginning to end uh just sitting down over the weekend and you can bet on all those games coming up there's more uh there's a national championship game for for a college football there's nfl playoffs coming up there's all kinds of basketball games you can bet on as well the dallas mavericks you can bet on those games check it out betonline.ag use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit so go ahead put some more money down and you can get a little extra to use for your bet so go ahead betonline.ag Promo code locked on. All right, Karis, let's do a couple more. Let's talk about a couple more things before we throw it over to Scott Tomlin in our interview with him. Um, I wanted to give a shout out. I missed this since I was out. Our friend, longtime listener of the podcast with an incredible wife slash girlfriend slash partner. Can't remember their relationship. Feel like it's wife. Shout out to Lance Curry. It was his birthday on December 28th. I was not on the podcast, but I wanted to give a shout out to him. Hopefully you had a great birthday, man. Thanks for listening to the show, being a card carrying raccoon squad member. And uh, yeah, hope your, your day is good and hope you enjoy Dirk's uh, jersey retirement. Yeah. Shout out to Lance. Uh, also wanted to continue our five-star Apple podcast mailbag questionnaire. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, you leave a five-star review with a question, we will get to it. We will answer all of these questions. We're working through them. This one is from Maverick Star 3 Hey, Nick and Isaac, I have a question for you guys. When trades can start, who are the top three available centers and the top three available playmakers the Mavericks should try to trade for? Thanks for putting in the time and effort. You make my day at work amazing. Appreciate uh-huh. that and glad that we can help you at work. Shout out to everybody at work right now. If you're at work, just like... Just put like a three and let's put like a three in the air and no one will know what you're doing, but it's just symbolically. Let's we'll throw, throw the German three up in the air. Isaac, let's just do one of those. Let's just do who are the top three centers you think that are available for the maps. Yeah. Well, my computer just died, so I really can't <laughs> look at my notes on this, but I mean, I think we've, we've talked about miles Turner a lot. That's we the number he, one that came to my mind. We know he's available. Uh, it's 25 Indiana from Dallas rim protector, uh, rim protector. He can also shoot the three a little bit. Um, I think he, he could play with Luca. Now it's matter, you know, how much is how much it would cost to get him. I don't know, but he would fit in Dallas. Um, you know, Rashad Holmes, you know, in Sacramento, I've, I would assume Sacramento is going to do some, you know, do some things before the deadline. Uh, he would fit in Dallas too. Um, yes. Uh, so we'll say about that. Um, Christian Wood. Christian Wood for sure. He's he's not even showing up for his team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Christian Wood. I, I mean, heck, your guess is good in mind what happens with Christian Wood uh, moving forward. But I mean, he would obviously fit in Dallas. Now, <clears throat> somebody that I was thinking about Nurkic and just like what Portland could possibly do. But you know what? I, I just don't know. Just because I think if they do swing for, if they do trade for another big man. I think it's just going to be for another rim rolling type of guy. And Nurkis doesn't really fit that bill as a, as a rim roller. So when you look at a guy, like I think Miles Turner could do that. But if you look at other guys, like if they gave Nerlens Noel round two in Dallas, if they, you know, somehow got Daniel Gafford, if they, you know, if they got Mitchell Robinson somehow, like these guys can roll to the basket, like Rashawn Holmes, I can see those type of center moves more than I could see like a Nurkic type because of that, what they, want that five man to be outside of KP. Yeah. Miles Turner is not necessarily one of those guys. He has not been a great roller in his career. We've kind of gone over this a little bit, but yeah. um, Jonas Valanciunas still available to 
be traded. I think we I think we figured that out that he is. So that's a name that maybe you watch out for as a guy that's not necessarily a roller, but could definitely help the Mavericks in their offense and and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely a name to look for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there you go. Leave a five-star Apple Podcast review on Apple Podcasts, and we will answer the questions. All right, let's throw it over to our interview back from May 2020. Wow. May 4th, 2020. We were just, we were like right in the pandemic. Two, that two months into the pandemic. Two months into the pandemic at that point. So this is Scott Tomlin, Mavs VP of Basketball Communications, basically Mavs PR, uh, head of Mavs PR at this point. And uh, he was telling us all about his time with Dirk and how he worked with Dirk throughout the years. Enjoy. Okay, so let's let's go back to a, a memory for Mavs fans. I mean, it's the best memory of all in this 2011. And we could really talk about 2011 all day. But there's one moment that I wanted to ask you about because Mavericks win the title. They win game six in Miami. Dirk go, runs off the floor and climbs over the chairs, goes off the floor, goes into the locker room. It's a moment we all, yeah, we replay it in our head and he's emotional. He leaves. Everyone else is still on the court kind of celebrating, congratulating each other, blah, blah, blah. But Dirk goes in the locker room and cameras can't follow him in there. But to my understanding, you were one of the people that went in there, right? And what, if you can share about those moments when you went after him, what was that? What was he doing? What was those moments like? What was that conversation like? Yeah. What happened in there? Yeah. So, um, so as, as, as kind of the time ticked off the clock there in, in game six in Miami, there's a few things you guys should probably that, that kind of led to why Dirk was just free to jump over the scores table. So we already had been told that Dirk was going to be named MVP, right. Of the finals. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it was me um, and Sarah Melton and Alan Rakowski. Right? We were the PR staff down in Miami. And so it was, we were told, okay, Dirk's going to be the MVP. So, uh, so he's going to do his interview and in the trophy and the hand and the MVP. Yes. So there is no, he doesn't have to do a walk-off interview. And so so-and-so ABC wants so-and-so uh, ESPN radio wants so-and-so. So I was going to go grab Jason Kidd for an interview. I think Jet. I think Alan grabbed Tyson. So I go and I grab Jason Kidd, and while he's standing, I, I grab him. I get him to the reporter that's doing the interview with Jason Kidd, and I see Dirk go over the scores table. And the, the the thing about that was they bring this rope out and they rope everything off so that people can't get on to the court. So really, the only way to get off the court was to go over the scores table. So, you know, when you see a seven footer step up on the scores, they've obviously going to catch your attention. So I saw him go back there. And so Jason's doing his interview and I'm sort of confused. And I know that they're bringing out the stage and the, you know, the, the scaffolding and the stage to put up and so to, for the, for the trophy ceremony. And so I just follow him back there. I'm like, well, eventually I'm going to need Dirk to come back out here. He's about to accept the, you know, the, the, Larry O'Brien trophy and then the, the MVP, uh, finals MVP. And so I, the only thing I could do was climb over to the scores table too. I didn't do it quite as gracefully. I wish I had a studio <laughs> of that, uh, me going over in my suit and trying not to fall. But Tim Frank, who's the senior VP of communications, uh, at the NBA is the gentleman that you always see fall in the suit. That's always following Dirk looking very confused as Dirk walks back that 
hallway. That's Tim Frank at the league office. And so when I get back there, Tim is in the locker room. And uh, in, in Miami, it's a very open locker room. You walk through the training room to get into the locker room. It's open. I walk back there, Tim's staying in the locker room, and I don't see Dirk. And I look at Tim and I say, hey, you know, where's, where is he? And he says, he's in the shower. What, what, what's he doing? I said, well, I don't know. So I go in there and Dirk is just, he's emotional. And, uh, and I, I, had, I had talked to Dirk about uh, the summer of 2008 when he finally took Germany to the Olympics. Mm. He had told me how, um, how emotional winning that game, winning that qualifying game and getting into the Olympics was. So it, it wasn't maybe necessarily a surprise to me that this, that he would maybe react similarly when, when finally winning a world championship. So I go back there and, uh, he's, he's just, he's very emotional. He's in the shower. There's a bench in the shower. He's very emotional. And, uh, and the the one thing that I remember is I said, Hey man, let's look, we've got to get you back out there, man. We're going to, you know, they're about to present the trophy when, when ABC comes back from commercial. And he says, I, okay, I'll get, I'll come. I just, I need 30 minutes. And I said, 30 minutes. I said, man, I don't even know if we have 30 seconds. And, um, and he's like, I just, I just need time. And, uh, the one, the only thing that I could think to say was, I mean, you just led us to this moment. If you're not out there when they present the trophy, I think it's going to be something that you're going to regret. I mean, you need to be out there and, and accept that trophy with your teammates. You got them here. And, uh, and he didn't say anything and he just stood up and walked out and I followed him out and he went, um, to the stage and, um, you know, that was back when at the end of the season, Dirk would, Dirk would leave and, and go back to Germany for a lot of the summer. And, uh, I remember, um, the day before he left, I, I had framed a picture of him holding the trophy with his teammates around and drop it off to him at his house because I just, I just remember I was like, man, thank God he went back out there. Yeah. I mean, it just, it wouldn't, it would not have been the same. And so, um, certainly, certainly a, a very special moment for me, you know, to be able to experience something like that as a professional, but also just as, just as a guy that has worked so long, with Dirk and I'm lucky to call him a friend. And, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a really cool moment. I'll never forget it. Do you think that if you weren't there, he would have just stayed back in the locker room and missed the trophy presentation? Well, I don't know. I think he, you know, I mean, it's a good question because if, if nobody had gone back there, I don't know. I don't know that he would have made it on time. I don't know if he would have actually sat there for, for, for 30 minutes. I don't know what it, but I think that he needed to get away and uh, I don't, I don't know how long he would have stayed if it. So, I don't know, man. I'm just glad he went back out there and uh, and um, love that, love that picture of him holding it up with his teammates all surrounding him. Mm. Uh, that's that's a really cool, cool memory for me. <laughs> There's a thousand things I could say to that. Well, first <laughs> off, th- thanks for sharing that because I've always wondered. Yeah, I've always wondered exactly what that what that moment was like. Cause I mean, even in Mavs fans that just, you just love the Mavs watching that. And a lot of you guys listening to this, I mean, a lot of you guys were like emotional watching that, that, uh, them winning the title and seeing Dirk just walk off emotional and almost makes you more emotional. And I've always wondered what happened in that locker room. And so I really do appreciate you, uh, answering that question. 
yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to, that was, um, yeah, that was definitely a, a, a highlight for me. So I don't, I don't talk about a lot, but I, you know, it's, it was, it was a cool moment for sure. Did Dirk seem different to you after that title? Like when he came back, you know, following, was there a difference in his demeanor difference in the way that he's, you were around him pretty much every day? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's, I think he carried himself like there was just this huge weight um, lifted off, off his shoulders. And I, I distinctly remember him going to the all-star following that, following his championship, he went to a, all-star weekend. I remember thinking this, when you go to all-star weekend, um, all the all-stars do kind of this media circuit takes them like 90 minutes and they'll go from room to room to room. And, 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 uh, you know, they'll do ABC and then they'll do sports center and then they'll do serious NBA radio and then they'll do, you know, whatever. And so he's doing the circuit and, um, and, uh, he just, this is when it hit me. He was just so much more comfortable in, in his own skin. I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the thing is, I, I think I saw people treating him differently. Everybody was happy for Dirk. Like you go to the all-star and that's the, that's the big media event of the, you know, of the season. And everybody was, was happy for him. You know, he sits down and does a podcast with Bill Simmons and he just, he's, you know, I don't want to say like, I felt like you finally got the respect you deserve because I do think that Dirk was always well respected for what he was doing. But like almost now for everything that he accomplished, he, he kind of got like most like the reverence he deserved. And uh, I remember watching him do that circuit uh, specifically and thinking, Oh man, this is cool. Cause everybody's happy for him. It's a fun weekend, right? So everybody's guards are down. There's no hard hitting journalism. It's just, you know, just media members just kind of cutting it up with these, these all stars and doing kind of fun uh, feature type interviews. And I remember just thinking, Oh man, this is great. Like, this is great to see all these people tell him how happy they were for him. Um, because I, I, I do think that that was the general consensus around the league. Hmm. From uh, from you know Dirk retiring and then going into to this season, I guess what has changed, I guess about the, just the Mavericks and being in the locker room and seeing you know the players and interacting with them. What has changed from you know Dirk's retirement? Like what has changed now that Dirk is like out of the picture a little bit? Yeah, you know I I think that that Dirk and a lot of the players that were there with him um, created sort of a, a culture with the Mavs that sort of continues. It's a, it's a really like, it's a cool, fun family kind of atmosphere. Uh, there's a lot of people that um, on the basketball operations side that have been around for a long time that offers a lot of stability. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, uh, our, our athletic trainers, Casey and Dion, I mean, obviously Donnie and Keith Grant, um, Rick's been there now 12 years and, um, and, uh, and so, you know, you, you think about, you think about the stability and I think that that, that, that makes it so that the, the culture stays the same. And, and Dirk was, you know, Dirk was one of those, uh, lead by example guys. And, uh, and most of the guys in that locker room, uh, played, you know, played with, with Dirk. And, and so they, they kind of know kind of what, you know, kind of how the Mavs just, you know, take care of their business. And so I would say that it's, you know, of course we miss seeing him every day and he has not been around often. You know, he, he's, he's traveled with his family and uh, he's really enjoying retirement. I think he came to maybe two or three games. Um, and, and so, um, 
So it's just, it, it's one of those things where, where it's, it's been different because obviously we all, we all miss seeing wellness being around him. But I think that the, the culture still remains. 